Hey guys, welcome to Bedtime Fairy Fails. I'm Kim. Our first story tonight isn't actually from D&D. It's from Deadlands, which is another tabletop role-playing game set in the Wild West days of the U.S., now, I know this is a D&D podcast, but if you have a great story from any other tabletop RPGs you play in, feel free to send them in. The most important thing is that it's a good story, regardless of where it comes from. With that said, on to the story. This story was sent in by Kelly Foote. This is a story that teaches you you should always look before you leap. Or in this case, look before you shoot yourself in the head. This is... A minor mistake. Once upon a time, in an abandoned ghost rock mine in northern Arizona, a group of heroes is looking for a gateway to the Happy Hunting Grounds, also known as Hell. Don't worry though, they're not trying to get in, they're trying to close the gate. The party consisted of a Jewish rabbi named Saul, a gunslinger called Duke Ember, Bad Betty the Bounty Hunter, a mad scientist called Dr. Zygote, and a huckster which is a card-playing spellcaster, named Alistair. Now, the party had gotten some information from a shaman about the gateway they were trying to close. He told them that if they could defeat the Manitou, which are demons, who held the gate open, that it would close. So the group proceeds through the abandoned mine, keeping an eye out for anything out of the ordinary, which is basically anything that isn't rocks. After a couple of hours of trekking through the dark, the group comes across a big, open cavern. The faint smell of decay lingers in the air. Scattered around the room are very old remains of several miners. In the center of the cavern is a dark pool of water. A hoist is suspended over the water from the ceiling and a long chain hangs down from it. The chain disappears into the center of the dark well. The group looks around for a few minutes and finds the other end of the chain laying on the ground. Like any good group of explorers, they decide to raise up whatever was under the water. They grab the chain and start to pull. It's heavier than they anticipate. Whatever it is, it's big. After a couple of minutes, the top of a circular cage emerges from the water. As they continue raising the cage, the group is shocked to find a skeleton inside. Not because it was dressed in conquistador armor, and not because finding a body in a room full of more bodies was all that surprising. They were shocked because it was alive. A fully reanimated skeleton that had been in this cage for who knows how long. It didn't seem especially friendly, so they decided to destroy it and loot it. They make easy enough work of the skeleton and get some artifacts from it. Then Bad Betty the Bounty Hunter says, I wonder why it was under the water. The rest of the party agrees, and they begin to discuss the possibilities. Maybe the miners put it down there because they couldn't defeat it. Maybe it was a magic trick gone wrong. Maybe it was an execution. But a better question is, was it already animated when it went into the water? Maybe the water itself had some magical properties. The group decides to test this theory, so they put one of the dead miners into the cage and lower it down into the well. They give it a few seconds, then bring it back up. Sure enough, the previously dead miner is now standing up. He looks around confused for a moment before saying, What's going on here? Wasn't I dead just now? I mean, I definitely smell dead. 
the group agrees, and takes a step back from the stench. What does this mean, though? What exactly was the water doing to the corpses? So they ask him. Didn't I just ask you guys how I got here? Wasn't that a pretty good indication that I don't know? Idiots. The group decides they can't just let this reanimated corpse walk away. That would be irresponsible. So they get him out of the cage and tie him up. All the while, Alistair the Huckster looks to be deep in thought. You see, Alistair had a little knowledge about something called the Harrowed. Now, a person becomes a Harrowed when they die if a Manitou, remember that's a demon, finds them worthy enough. They'll merge with the body and bring it and the soul back to life. This comes with a few downsides, like being stinky, giving animals and people the willies, and having to forever fight the Manitou inside you for control of your mortal soul. But it also comes with some pretty great perks. Things like super speed, resistance to damage, or controlling your own severed limbs. And Alistair quickly determines that the miner is a harrowed now. Guys! He exclaims. It's a harrowed. He then promptly takes out his gun and shoots himself in the head. Oh, oh, Lord. He falls to the ground in a heap, super dead. The rest of the party looks at each other. Dr. Zygote says, Well, let's dunk him, I guess. The rest of the group helps her load the body into the cage and lowers it into the water. They give it a few seconds, bring it up, and find... Alistair's still dead body. Maybe we should try again? Says Dr. Zygote. So again... They lower the cage into the dark water and leave it just a little longer this time. They pull it back up and... Still dead. At this point, the group is getting a little nervous. They decide to test the water on another one of the dead miners. So they pull the dead body of their adventuring partner out and replace it with a less fresh corpse. They lower it into the water, wait a few minutes, and pull it up. The group is a little surprised to see this miner is also up and talking. And also stinky. He looks at the first miner and says, Oh, hey Jim. How you been, buddy? The first miner manages to wiggle his fingers a little under the rope in a little wave and says, Oh, you know, man. Been dead for a while. I feel great now, though. How about you? Yeah, same here. Seems like we're harrowed now, huh? Small world. Replies the second miner. This didn't make sense. Why was the water working on the rest of the corpses, but not Alistair? The group decides to try one more time. They take the second miner out, tie him up beside the first, and load Alistair's body back into the cage. They all cross their fingers as they lower the chain again. They leave it in there a good five minutes this time for good measure. I mean, he's not going to drown, right? As they pull it back up for the third time, the entire party holds their breath in anticipation. The cage slowly emerges from the water to reveal a still very dead Alistair. At this point, the second miner begins to laugh. (laughs) Hey, do you guys happen to know the only way to kill a Harrowed? The group all looks at each other in silence until the miner finally says, You destroy its brain. This guy shot himself in the head, so... The group lets out a unanimous groan. (laughs) As they realize what this means. Alistair destroyed his brain when he shot himself in the head. He couldn't come back now. He was really dead. Like dead dead. 
The sense of loss in the party was overshadowed by the frustration of knowing that Alistair had just unintentionally committed suicide. On purpose. Accidentally. The end. This next story comes from Alex in Boise, Idaho. This is another story about not quite thinking things through first and making the best use of things you have at your disposal. Kind of. Let me tell you about the whale incident. Once upon a time, there was a group of adventurers who just wanted to take on an easy job after spending months on a long and difficult quest. Just something they can knock out quickly and with ease. No fuss, no muss. But, since I'm telling you this story as a fairy fail, we all know that's not what happened. Let's meet our party. We have a human rogue named Drez Ninefingers, a dwarf cleric called Akira Jimtum, a drow sorceress with the majestic title of Wisteria of Zombies, and Grimlock Conquer Cave, the dwarf fighter. The group is tasked with investigating and clearing out an old fort on the border of the kingdom in the wild forest to the north. After a few days in town settling affairs and spending time with loved ones, the heroes head out towards the old fort. It's not too terribly far away and they find it easily. The fort was simple enough, a stone tower, a walled courtyard, and a cellar that doubled as a cell room. Guess in this case it was a literal cellar. It had been abandoned over a decade before and the gate was nothing but splinters. They soon discovered that part of the cellar had collapsed and they made their way down into the earth. Because why wouldn't you explore a dark and ominous hole leading into the abyss? The collapse had opened up the entrance to a long-forgotten dwarven temple to the god Thor, and the group heads on in without a second thought. Once inside the temple, everyone takes a few moments to look around. Drez the Rogue decides he wants to explore by himself for a bit and sneaks away down the North Passage. And this was not an uncommon occurrence for him actually, despite literally dying doing the same thing not that long ago. Don't worry though, he got better. Grimlock the Fighter finds a secret room behind the statue of Thor. It contained an altar to Loki. He decides for some ungodly reason not to tell anyone and heads down the hallway leading out of the room. Akira the Cleric and Wisteria the Sorceress soon realize they'd been ditched and wander off down the South Passage to explore. Because if there's one thing that absolutely always works out in D&D, it's splitting the party. Dress finds his way deep into the temple and soon finds himself in the tombs where the former High Clerics were buried. He begins to search them for anything valuable, completely oblivious to the fact that he was not alone. He didn't see the group of wilders, which are wandering nomads consisting of all different races, sneaking up on him. Now Drez has something called hook shots. These are items that he can shoot out and basically Spider-Man swing around with. When the wilders surprise attack, he knows he's outnumbered and his only chance is to run so he decides to use his hook shots for an easy escape. He shoots the ceiling and soars out of the horde of wilders with ease. He aims for his second shot, and it misses. Drez plummets 30 feet down to the ground and is quickly surrounded by wilders, 
Within minutes, he goes down. Meanwhile, Akira and Wisteria find their way out of the temple and into the tunnels of the Underdark. They soon come across a cavern containing some sort of underground encampment. They also see an underground creek leading to an underground canyon. Underground. Akira says, Hurry, let's check out the huts before they come back. Wisteria agrees, and they go inside to rummage around a bit. While they're inside, the wilders that had been out scouting return, along with the group that had just taken out Drez. A mad scramble of a fight begins, with the cleric Akira trying to hold off the wilders with her warhammer, while Wisteria casts spells from behind her. They managed to hold their own at first, but the difference in numbers was just too great. It isn't long before Akira goes down. Wisteria tries to run, but she's soon shot down as well. This is quickly shaping up to be a total party kill. But wait, we can't forget about Grimlock. Now remember, he had snuck off down a secret passage that he had found. While everyone else is fighting for their lives, Grimlock is taking a leisurely stroll in the dark. The passage led him out of the temple and into the Underdark. He quickly comes up to a big, deep canyon and begins walking along the edge. It isn't long before he can hear the sounds of a fight. Remember that canyon Akira and Wisteria had seen? It was the same canyon. Lucky, right? Nope. Because Grimlock is on the other side. The other side of a 300-foot deep, 100-foot wide canyon. From where he is, he can see firelight and flashes of color from Wisteria's spells. He quickly realizes it must be the rest of his party and begins panicking about how to quickly get across to help them. You see, Grimlock is the tank, and he knew they didn't stand a chance without him, which probably should have been something he considered before sneaking off and abandoning them. But, you know... Grimlock knows he has to get across this canyon somehow. He's the party's only hope. But climbing down and then back up 300 feet of rock is just going to take too much time. So he has this crazy idea. He's going to jump down. If he skips the first climb, he can make it up in half the time. But how would he survive a 300-foot drop? Don't worry. He'd thought it all out. Grimlock was in possession of a broken bag of tricks. Normally with a bag of tricks, you pull out a small fuzzy object that transforms into a random friendly animal that can assist you in your fight. You usually get things like rats, tigers, badgers, bears, etc. But since this bag of tricks was broken, it worked a little differently. This bag allowed the user to store six animals in it that they can pop in and out as they see fit. If one of the animals died, they could just replace it by putting a different animal in the bag. And this was his secret weapon. Grimlock backs up as far as he can to get a good running start. He approaches the canyon at breakneck speed and swan dives over the edge. As he's falling, he reaches into the bag and pulls out the only animal that can save his life. A whale. Turns out, Grimlock thought that whales were just giant blobs of fat and it would be like landing on a gummy bear. However, 
as he watched the whale die on impact and splatter all across the canyon floor, he realized that's not how animals work and that he had made a terrible choice. Grimlock hits the ground hard. But somehow, he miraculously survives. His only saving grace was that he was the tank and thus able to take a ton of damage. He's unconscious, but hanging on by a thread. Like if you measured life in points, he would be at a one. So Grimlock is now lying at the bottom of a canyon, unconscious, and slowly drowning in whale blood. You know since he'd murdered a whale with his Bugs Bunny-esque plan. A few hours later, the whole party awakens in the courtyard of the fort. Everyone is tied up, and they realize they're all prisoners of the Wilders. They look at Grimlock, who is literally covered head to toe in whale blood. Wisteria says, Holy shit, what happened to you? Grimlock looks down at the ground, embarrassed, and says, I didn't think it all out. The... And thanks for listening. To submit a fail, email me at bedtimefairyfails at gmail.com or message me on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram as Bedtime Fairy Fails and Twitter as BT Fairy Fails. 